Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Monday night is a huge game for the Dallas Cowboys, but even more so for head coach Mike McCarthy. And we'll get into why tonight. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit that like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Packed show tonight. It is a Sunday night. I mean, the football game going on right now, not as exciting. There is some playoff baseball, though. That is exciting, especially for Texas-based fans, as it's the Astros and the Rangers going at it as we speak. But tonight, we have a lot to get to. Why tomorrow night is a huge game for McCarthy. And man, it really is. We'll get into why. Micah Parsons and why he is sort of my biggest worry ahead of Monday Night Football versus the Chargers. We're also going to discuss some injuries and the fact that Kevante Turpin apparently is going to be playing this game. And a little bit of what happened around the NFL on Sunday, including losses to the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, which is huge for Dallas as we'll dive into later tonight. But let's start with the McCarthy dilemma. Not dilemma, the McCarthy question, honestly. But before we do that, though, let me say hi pretty quickly. Shout out to all of you who are joining the show right now. We've got Trailer over on Facebook. We've got Mark Aaron. We've got Justin. We've got Toxic Tom saying we cannot lose this game. Losing is not an option. And I agree, man. We're about to get into why, too, in a little bit. Uh, We've got Stevie Mack. Saying screw Philly and screw San Fran. I think that a lot of Cowboys fans had an intense, intense uh, 3 p.m. window in the NFL. Shout out to Carlos Flores. Shout out to Ines. We've got everyone here on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. Let's get to it, man. Mike McCarthy. We'll, we'll save the Sunday stuff, you know, the Niners and the Eagles stuff for later, especially for those people who tune in tomorrow before the game and stuff that are maybe catching the replay. I want to start with with the Chargers game. You know, we've been talking a lot about Mike McCarthy and his job security since the playoff since the playoff loss to the Niners, since the decision to let go Kellen Moore, and then that has been taken to a whole other level now that you've lost versus the Niners big time. And now you're about to face Kellen Moore and you know that if you do not have that good game versus Kellen and maybe your offense doesn't work and his offense does work, then the conversation could get pretty muddy for McCarthy because right now you got to consider that, hey, 
he's relatively on the hot seat. And I say relatively because, yes, he does have back-to-back 12-win seasons. But also, you're getting into that territory where, you know, the offense was supposed to take a step forward, especially situationally speaking, against some of these teams. The bet to move on from uh, Kellen Moore to have Mike McCarthy, as Jerry Jones himself said it on Friday, to install and call his own plays was to have better results and to have better answers when things were not going your way, like the 49ers game. And so far, the results have been underwhelming in that sense. Small sample size, maybe, but somewhat underwhelming. And we're not seeing those downfield shots from the Cowboys. But now you're facing the Chargers. And man, it feels like it's one where if McCarthy's offense does not look good, he could be in trouble. Now, let me know in the chat, do you agree or disagree that Monday night football, if it doesn't go well, it could really take a hit to Mike McCarthy's job security. Let me know in the chat, do you agree or disagree with that notion? And let me get a little bit into why as well here. One thing is not looking good against the Niners defense, which is one of the best in the NFL, even if they're not lo- now, no longer, excuse me, an undefeated team in the NFL. I'm going to give you, I'm going to toss some numbers out there for you to know just how different the Chargers defense is to the 49ers defense. EPA-wise, efficiency-wise, overall the Niners have the fourth best defense in the NFL. The Chargers are 27th. Versus the pass, the Niners are second best. Chargers are 27th. Versus the run, the Chargers are a little bit better. They are 15th in the NFL. The Chargers are only 22nd. And then it gets worse. Red zone appearances per game allowed by the defense. The Niners, 1.8, second best in the league. 4.5 for the Chargers. In other words, this defense is simply not that good. It had an amazing game versus the Raiders. They were playing Aiden O'Connell in that game. That's when Khalil Mack had the numbers that he put up when he had that six-sack game, which was short of the NFL record but still pretty close. Overall, though, the Chargers have not been good at defense. They might be getting a healthier version of Joey Bosa after the bye week. Sure, they got rid of J.C. Jackson, who was an issue for them and a distraction for the entire secondary. Now they're betting on the young cornerbacks. Derwin James is also going to be healthier. But still, this is a game where you shouldn't have a similar night to the one that you had a week ago in San Francisco. This is a game that, in my opinion, Mike McCarthy cannot go into it and not have answers to really turn things around. And maybe when you get into the red zone, you know, and the and the Chargers put the clams on you, and maybe you're not going to have that ability to go into the game and uh, punch the football in, you still should be getting these shots. You still be getting these uh, opportunities to score six, because again, the Chargers are going to give them to you. They're 31st in the NFL in red zone attempts per game allowed. Honestly, this is a football game where I do believe that Mike McCarthy's job security could take a big hit if it doesn't go well offensively. But 
there's levels to that. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean here in a, in a little bit. But let me see some of your answers first. Let's see if you guys agree or not. Uh, Peter Rizzo says he agrees. Bruce says, I think that this team takes its frustration out against the Chargers. Salute to Lost in Translation. Thank you for being here. Toxic Tom says, I disagree. You held on to worse coaches who did way less for much longer. And that's where it gets pretty tricky to me, man. I, I don't know how this Cowboys front office is going to react if it goes out there and then does not deliver. Because I agree, you know, they held on to Jason Garrett for a long, long time. Before Jason Garrett, it was a little bit of a revolving door there for coaches, as we all know. But I, I would say that it wouldn't impact his job security in an urgent way. Like, I don't think that the Cowboys are going to move on from Mike McCarthy midseason at all. But I think it could become one of those games that you think about in the offseason if, if the year does not end well for the Cowboys. Like, if they underperform in the playoffs or even if they, and getting a little bit crazier here, they miss the playoffs, right? Like, this is going to be one game that you think about if it doesn't go well. And that isn't to say, by the way, that isn't to say that I expect it to not go well because I do expect the Cowboys to have a better performance against the Chargers that they did against the Niners. As I said, I just don't think it's the same type of defense. However, I do feel like there is some sort of urgency to the game, though, to the game itself. Like, this is a game that has you nervous. I mean, I think that it has a lot of Cowboys fans nervous because you know that a lot is riding on this one, especially after what happened on Sunday, man. You cannot waste what the Niners and the Eagles gave you on Sunday, man. You cannot waste it. Let's see here. Mark Aaron did have a question. He says, isn't Bosa out? I don't believe that he is. He is questionable, at least officially. There might have been a report out there, potentially, if that's what you mean, Mark Aaron. But I'm going to double check for you right now. He is questionable, and he did return to practice on Saturday. He was limited. Uh, I don't believe that there has been any update other than that, though. So he's not ruled out. He is questionable. We're probably going to be hit with a midnight update or something like that uh, before we go to bed or after we go to bed. So expect us to wake up with some news. You know, those classic Adam Schefter. Those of you who have Adam Schefter notifications on or Ian Rappaport notifications on, you know what I mean. You sometimes wake up to these tweets from Adam Schefter with, you know, this guy expected to play, expected not to play. And then, you know, by then, you know. So yeah, he's not he's not gonna be playing. Just some other news though. Uh, you get Austin Eckler with no game designation, so that is good for the for the Cowboys, of course. Uh, good for the Chargers, excuse me. Let's see here. Seeing some comments about Joshua Palmer. I thought he was questionable though, not out. Might have missed something. He was added to the injury report. Just like now, like today, it happened today, if I'm not mistaken. But I have not seen that he's ruled out. I have seen that he's also questionable to play, though. Uh, if somebody can provide some clarity there, because I see some comments. Nah, he, he is questionable. He is questionable. Joshua Palmer is not out. He is questionable. We'll see if he plays, though. That could be huge, him missing the game, because... The Chargers are already dealing with the injuries to Mike Williams and everything. So they're kind of 
counting on Palmer and Quentin Johnson to maybe show up and give him some space to work with. And we'll get to Keenan Allen a little bit later on the show tonight. But yeah, I think a lot is riding for Mike McCarthy on this game. And moving on a little bit here, though, moving on a little bit, let's get to, ladies and gentlemen, why Mike, Mc, Mike, ah, excuse me, Micah Parsons is one of my biggest worries on Monday Night Football. We've talked about the defense of the Chargers and how it's not doing great numbers-wise. The offense has been actually pretty solid, even without Austin Eckler. They have struggled to run the ball efficiently without Eckler. That is definitely one area that maybe the Chargers were a little bit concerned about if Eckler was not going on Monday night. But it sure sounds like he's going to be ready to go. He's going to suit up. Passing-wise, though, the Chargers are moving the ball, even without you know some of the weapons that we've talked about, like for example, we know that Mike Williams recently injured, but I believe they're very well equipped to overcome that situation on the boundary. I'll say this, though. What I'm the most surprised by with the Chargers' o offense is their O-line. And I wasn't really ready for that. And, you know, that's something that you catch while watching the film, that Herbert is looking much more comfortable working from the pocket, and then you look at the numbers and they kind of confirm it. And how about this? I thought this was uh, an interesting comparison. This is not meant to be a comparison to Dak Prescott. I added Dak, though, for context. Pressure rate allowed. Dak Prescott has a sixth best rate in the league. And of course, thanks to his offensive line in part and what they do with their scheme, sixth best pressure rate in the entire NFL, Justin Herbert, pretty much the same, eighth best in the league. They're at like 17% and 16% respectively. But it really goes to show when you look at the intended air yards per attempt, how well the Chargers are protecting Herbert. And again, I didn't put up this graphic just to compare. I just wanted to add some context. The fact that Herbert is the eighth best or faces the eighth lowest pressure rate in the entire NFL while also pushing the ball downfield at the fifth highest intended air yards per attempt, that tells you something, right? They are doing something right. And when you talk about Micah Parsons potentially playing linebacker, you're also talking about him not rushing the passer all that much. And that really gets me thinking, are the Cowboys going to be able to really rush from the edges versus Rashawn Slater, who is playing like one of the best left tackles in the NFL this year, and even Trey Pipkins, who is doing a very good job at right tackle. And they faced some good pass rushers, by the way, so it's not like they are unproven. Not saying that the Cowboys are not going to rush Herbert. They are one of the best teams in the NFL in turning the heat up. But I'm not a fan of the situation that we are about to see potentially with Micah Parsons. I am concerned about it at the very least. Because again, they are doing a good job keeping Herbert clean and giving him space to work with. And every rep that you're taking Micah out of a position to do so, and sure, he can rush through the A-gap and he can be mocked up and he can really mess up with whatever the Chargers are doing protection-wise. 
But still, he is, if, he, if he's going to play linebacker, he's not going to be involved at all in the pass rush in several situations. And that's only part of my concern. Here's a second part of my concern. Wouldn't you say, and let me know in the chat, truth or false? Truth or false? Cowboys Nation is overstating who Micah Parsons is as a linebacker. Let me know in the chat, how do you feel about that? Truth or false, Cowboys Nation is overstating how Micah Parsons, how good Micah Parsons can be at linebacker. Now, this is not me doubting that he can get the job done, but this is me saying, honestly, we have not seen it. We have not. During his rookie year, we caught glimpses of it. Even during his second year, we saw some of it, even, uh, significantly less though. But I don't think that we saw Fred Warner type play at linebacker from Micah or even like Nick Bolton type play at linebacker. I don't think we saw any of that. And if we did see that, it's going to be like at very specific reps, not like a continuous showing that, oh, he can play off-ball linebacker at a high level. I honestly think that we don't know what he is. And I'll go a step further. The guy has not prepared for playing off-ball linebacker in a long, long time. And it's one thing to be rushing the passer and getting your hands dirty versus offensive linemen. That's one thing. And another completely different, entirely different thing is running from sideline to sideline, trying to stop the run. And that kind of gets me thinking, hey, I'm not entirely sold on the whole let's play Mike McCarthy, at, uh, Micah Parsons at linebacker thing. Now, I'll, of course, say doesn't seem like the Cowboys have a lot of options. Doesn't sound like Rashawn Evans is going to be playing on Monday night. Uh, he might still chalk us, I guess. He might chalk us and be ready, but it sure doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go versus the Chargers. I'll be pleasantly surprised if he is. So now it seems like the plan is basically Clark, some Marquise Bell, some Micah Parsons. I don't know if we'll get to see some Malik Jefferson, but I do know that he has been called up twice and has yet to see a defensive rep, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he did last week, like week four, but I'm not sure. I would have to check. But if it did, it happened like in garbage time, maybe. And I understand what Cam means. Because I'm not, you know, hyping up Micah at linebacker. Cam says, Mo is talking like a Weiner fan. Not at all, man. Uh, as you guys know, I picked the Cowboys to win tomorrow night. I do think they can get it done. But I'm saying, hey, these are the questions that we should have entering this game. I cannot sit here when the job is to talk about the Cowboys objectively and talk about what's going on. I cannot sit here and say, oh, Micah is absolutely going to destroy it at linebacker. I cannot. I couldn't do that to you, Cam. And maybe he does. He's talented enough to maybe, hey, you know, have us all speechless tomorrow night. And maybe on Tuesday night, I'll apologize here and I'll say, man, I didn't know that I wasn't expecting Micah to play at that level. Maybe we can do that when that happens. But right now, all I'm saying is I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And I'm a little bit worried Held-wise, about asking him to do some of the stuff that you will ask him to do at linebacker. 
and just overall a little bit worried about also not having him rushing the passer when I absolutely want Justin Herbert to be rushed in this game. Toxic says, Cowboys fans overhyping people who are unproven at a position? No, not us, Mo. <laughs> oh, man. Marcus says, Micah Parsons is only being used as a pass rusher slash at end. Some really don't know. And yeah, I agree. We don't know. We, we really just don't. Mark Aaron says, well, he played mostly linebacker against the Packers and Jacks, and we lost both games. Russell says, where is easy Mukwamu? And I'll actually say this. I think that Mukwamu is going to be active tomorrow night. He's been inactive for two consecutive weeks. Healthy scratch. And the reason why, honestly, it's uh, you had six safeties. Five of them had a game day role. Bonjay Thomas, a special teams ace. Doesn't seem like he's going to play tomorrow night, by the way. He's doubtful on the injury report with a hamstring. And then you also had uh, Marquise Bell playing linebacker. So it was pretty difficult to carry Mukwamu, though. But now CJ Goodwin is injured and um, hasn't been placed officially on injured reserve. I don't know if that's going to... I would guess it's going to happen tomorrow, along with Leighton Vanderesh. And uh, Juan J. Thomas also potentially not playing. So I'm, I'm guessing Mukwamu will get some playing time tomorrow night, even if it's on special teams. But yeah, I think I think we're going to see easy. Uh, let's see here. He can blitz from linebacker too, says Justin. Absolutely, by the way. Absolutely. And I wish that we get to see some of that if he does play a lot at linebacker. But still, not the same though. Not the same. And we kind of need to understand that, I, I think. And even if Micah goes out there and he plays well at off-ball linebacker and we don't have to worry about anything else with him, I still hate the idea of not having him at edge rusher because I do think that that mentality that we have about Micah potentially being the best defensive player in the NFL, that's when he's rushing the passer, not when he's playing off-ball linebacker. And I do understand the Cowboys are forced to maybe do it tomorrow night but moving forward, I really hope it's Rashawn Evans and not Micah manning that position. That being said, that's one of the worries. One of the other worries, ladies and gentlemen, has to be Keenan Allen. Tomorrow night, it's all about stopping Keenan Allen, number 13 for the Chargers. Here are some numbers for you. This is why I'm very intrigued about this battle. Man coverage is 15 for 18. Receptions and targets, that is. 83% completion rate. And that's the number one mark in the NFL among players with 10 targets versus man coverage. Now, he has been, or he produces the 12th best passer rating in the NFL when playing versus man coverage. Versus zone, though, not that bad either. 17 for 21, that's an 81% completion rate. Top 20 in the league. and. He also has one of the best passer ratings in the NFL when he is targeted versus the zone. Now, the Cowboys have the defensive backs to really go out there and win versus this unit, especially if Joshua Palmer is out and suddenly you're just worrying about Keenan Allen and maybe a little bit about Quentin Johnson, but you're mostly worrying about Allen. I just think that, hey, if the Cowboys put the brackets on him and they're double coveraging, uh, putting him double in double coverage, I think the Chargers will have answers, but I would much rather die fighting those answers than letting 
Keenan Allen go crazy on me. So really looking forward to seeing how they approach it because it might be Jordan Lewis with some help over the top or something like that. But Keenan Allen is likely going to produce for the Chargers on Monday night because that's what he does. He's a very good player. But if the Cowboys manage to take him away one way or the other, could be tough for the Chargers to go out there and light the scoreboard up. But that's one of the worries for sure in this game. And one of the things, one of the final thoughts, if you will. I'm very excited about the game. On Thursday night, we picked the Cowboys. We went with the under as the pick of the week. But we'll see how it goes tomorrow night, man. Tommy915 says, no, do not stop Keenan Allen. He's on my fantasy team. I need his points. Tommy, there are priorities in this life. And it's not your fantasy football team. <laughs> It's the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> uh, Guru says, I admit that I am ready to move on from McCarthy offense. Justin Dees is killing out for blood. We need to give him a glass of milk instead. It's going to be a fun game, man. You cannot, you cannot deny that this storyline is perfectly built up, man. McCarthy versus Kellen. Going to be fun. Jerry Jones talking to the media on Friday on 105.3, the fan, and saying, I have dreaded playing against Kellen Moore. And I heard that, and I was like, what? <laughs> you have dreaded facing Kellen Moore? Isn't that ironic? <laughs> I was like, hold up, hold up. Let me rewind that. And yeah, he did say that. Praised him a lot. Said that he was an outstanding coach. But still, he wanted McCarthy to call the play, so... I just don't, oh man, <laughs> we just cannot have that age as poorly as it could age if the Cowboys offense is not ready to go tomorrow night. <laughs> Toxic Tom. Toxic Tom says, I hope at the end of the game, Mike walks up to Kellen and mutters, F you kid. Is that provided they win or provided they lose? Because <laughs> that's, a very, it could be a very difficult FU kid, right? <laughs> Katharina apparently going to be at the game. Says, I won't be here tomorrow. I'll be watching our Cowboys beat the Chargers. Of course, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, you know it. No prime time, but you will get Mr. Skywalker Steel and Jesse Holly for the game day show as usual. So make sure you tune in to the pregame, halftime, and postgame show. Those guys have been killing it as always, and it's cannot miss coverage. So make sure you check that out. Oh, man. Manny Ramos says, guys who trash more, no little football. He had a few questionable calls, but his system put up points and moved the ball consistently. I agree with Manny on this one. And I'll say this. He was hired 12 hours at most, right? He was out hired 12 hours later. And that was probably much earlier, though, but we didn't find out immediately. So, Kellen, I agree, man. He, he's pretty good. There's a reason why he's still considered a future head coach by many inside the NFL. So, I, I think that it was a little bit more than questionable calls, though. I just think that, you know... And this is not really like his fault, maybe, but he's been coaching for a little. Like if if you compare it to some of the other coaches that have made it 
to head of coaching positions and you look at their history coaching and you look at Kellen's history coaching, there's a difference, significant difference there in years doing so. So I think that Kellen is ultimately actually going to end up being a good coach. I'm, I'm going to say that. And I think that he's killing it right now with his offense, one of the most efficient units in the entire league. Are we still seeing a lot of hitches? Yeah, we are actually, by the way. Uh, are we going to keep seeing some problems when things are not going his way? Maybe. But he could still evolve. I'll say that, yeah. And I do think that he can maybe develop a system a little bit better, as Mark says here on the show. He says, Kellen is a collector of plays. He still doesn't have a scheme, which was one of the... How to say this? It was... At times, a strength and at times, a weakness, because I do believe that being a collector of plays is all good and well, but it's about having something to fall back on when you're being punched in the mouth. And that's what we thought. Hey, maybe the Cowboys have a little bit of this with the quick game and everything. Wasn't the case versus San Francisco, though. So it's about balance, and I do think he can find it. And I do think Kellen Moore is a good football coach. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here to the injuries. How crazy is it that Kevontae Turpin apparently is going to be ready to go tomorrow night? There's some story there, but before we get to that, let me say Van Der Esch, CJ Goodwin, both are obviously ruled out for this game. I would assume they're both going to go on injured reserve before kickoff because that way you start counting the games that they're going to be missing for now, and in Goodwin's case, the reports have been that he's going to miss the year. For Van Der Esch, we still really don't know. Could be something around like four to six weeks, according to some reports. But Kevontae Turpin, at first, it was reported that he suffered a high ankle sprain. And that immediately meant for many that, hey, he's going to miss four to six weeks. Because that's what players with high ankle sprains miss. And then he starts practicing. Like full participant in practice on Thursday. No, actually on Friday. And then the same on Saturday. And we're like, wait, what? Obviously, we have gotten some clarification on that since then. Patrick Walker, no C, actually tweeted out the other day that he asked Turpin about it. You know, are you magically healed or something? And actually, Patrick Walker learned that it was a low ankle sprain. It wasn't a high ankle sprain as originally reported. So now he seems to be ready to go. No game designation for Monday Night Football. And I'll say this. It is huge, in my opinion, especially when you're dealing and you're navigating with other injuries on special teams. Listen, tomorrow night, you're not going to have CJ Goodwin, special teams ace. You're not going to have Juan J. Thomas, rising special teams ace. Now, that's not official, but he is doubtful, as you can see on the screen right now, with a ham screen. So do not expect him to go. That's what doubtful means. That's what doubtful means. And then you're also potentially navigating, you know, the loss to, I don't want to say Malik Jefferson. I don't know what the plan is going to be for Malik Jefferson. I think he's going to play a lot on special teams, though. But if push comes to shove and you need him on defense, what does that mean for him, special teams-wise? I just think the Cowboys are going to be navigating a whole lot regarding their special teams, and having Turpin not be one of those concerns is 
probably huge. Now, shout out to Marcus Rowe because this is going to be one of the comments of the night. He says, Turpin is too short to have a high ankle sprain. And that's uncalled for. <laughs> that is definitely uncalled for. Uh, Chuma Edoga, though, questionable. He has been missing practices with an illness. Expected to go, though, according to some reports, he's expected to be ready for Monday, uh, which would probably mean that Asim Richards is going to be inactive again. If Chuma, for any reason, does not go, then I would guess Asim Richards would be active. But that's more or less where we are at. Fortunately, though, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, all of them ready to go. And again, not included in the picture are the guys who are headed to injured reserve, who are probably Van Der Resch and Goodwin, and officially already Peyton Hendershot. Peyton Hendershot is going to IR after the Cowboys maybe thought he was going to be back earlier. He had been inactive for two weeks, and now he is out for another four weeks at minimum, four games at minimum. So Sean McKeon signed to the 53-man roster from the practice squad. So now he's a member of the 53. I would wonder what that means for the rest of the year. Like, it was a very close battle on training camp. Could this cost Hendershot his job? I think it could absolutely cost him his job. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully that is the case in the sense that hopefully you get Schoonmaker stepping up or maybe you get Sean McKeon stepping up. Not saying it against Hendershot, just like saying if he doesn't come back, it means it's because of a good thing, probably. More likely than not, at least. Those are some of the injury news for now, though. Uh, Justin D says, the problem I have with the Kellen Bowl is that revenge and pride are big motivational factors. That's one of the concerns for sure, man. Especially with these guys that are drawing up things all summer long, all year long. I do think they save some stuff, right? It's a big game for Kellen as well. It really is. It's a big game for everyone. You know, it's probably the sense in which it is a smaller game is perhaps the most important one, which is standings-wise, because it's a rival from the AFC. But still, you got to win this one. Like, it, everyone knows storyline-wise... It's one you got to have. Mike McCarthy's got to have it. Kellen Moore has got to have it. Something's got to give. It's going to be fun. Cam says Lamb is going to do a lot better in this game against LA. One of the top things that I'm monitoring is how do they get him the football? Are they force-fitting him? Which I would love to see a little bit if it's, you know, if they need to do it, then they better do it. I wonder how, how much man coverage we're going to get from the Chargers on Monday night because we have seen the results when CD faces zone coverage, and we saw that versus the Jets. Now, how is it going to look like versus a team that maybe potentially is going to follow the same plan that the Niners did and play a lot of man coverage? Anyways, before we get out of here tonight, man, is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that both the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles lost today. Is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal for the Cowboys that these two teams lost on Sunday? Let me know in the chat. Because I think Cowboys Nation celebrated a whole lot on Sunday. They did. And honestly, in my opinion, they should. 
They should celebrate it. They should celebrate it, man. The Niners lost versus the Cleveland Browns, who were quarterbacked by P.J. freaking Walker. The NFL makes no sense sometimes. And meanwhile, the Eagles lost to Zach Wilson. Do you remember when the Cowboys' law, uh, blowout win over the Jets didn't count because it was against the Jets? And now the Eagles lost to them. And I, let me tell you, man, Jalen Hurts made some ugly mistakes at the end of that game. As for the Niners, though, tough break. They, they were very close to winning it. Brock Purdy finds Brandon Ayuk on the check down. Brandon Ayuk makes something out of nothing and takes it like for a 20-yard gain. Jake Moody, third-round draft pick Jake Moody. is about to kick a 40-something-yard field goal for the win. Misses it. There was a picture going around social media about how his entire family was there for the game. That's got to suck. All kidding aside for the kicker, man. Feel bad for him, but hey. Big deal, small deal, or no deal for the Cowboys that these two teams lost. Let's see what some of your answers here. Absolutely true right here. Toxic Tom says, no deal if you can capitalize on it. Big effing deal for Justin. Mando says, big deal. Small deal for Fidencio. We need to win. That's a big deal. Ines is big deal. Don't mean anything, says uh, Rex, if we don't win tomorrow. Now, I'll say this, man. Both Rex and Toxic are right. This can all be for nothing if the Cowboys do not go out there and beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Having said that, taking it by what it is right now on Sunday night, huge deal that these two teams lost because they lost versus teams that they shouldn't have lost to or they weren't supposed to. To lose to. I don't want to say the former because it might sound like shots at the Jets and the Browns. And let me say something. Those two teams have extremely legit defenses. Robert Salah, by the way, came out today and said, we have embarrassed every quarterback that we've faced. And I was like, does, does somebody need to show this guy? Dak Prescott's efficiency numbers and CPOE numbers and what CeeDee Lamb did to him and his defense. But anyways, that's a whole different story. Taking it for what it is, it's huge. At 5-0 and and potentially about to go 6-0 and for both of those teams, man, no, nah, nah, actually for the Eagles, it would be 4-1, and right? But for those two teams to potentially be undefeated after six weeks with the Cowboys being, at worst, two losses down, like, man... That would have put the Cowboys in a very complicated situation to win the NFC East and to aspire to a better seeding within the conference. And I understand that, hey, they're still ahead. The 49ers are still better right now. The Eagles, until proven otherwise, and we'll see when they face each other pretty soon, they could be considered the favorite still just because of their record. But having them lose versus teams that they weren't expected to, Huge for the Cowboys, man. The NFC East feels much more within reach after today. You needed a surprise that really took down the 49ers a little bit. No more undefeated teams in the NFC. No more undefeated teams in the NFL. But ultimately, people are right in the chat. If anything, it has raised my levels of anxiety a little bit ahead of Monday Night Football, man. 
because we were all very upset maybe still about what happened last week but now it's like oh they lost we have a chance here to maybe better seeding and some of you might be thinking stop it it's october 15 we shouldn't be thinking about playoff seeds but they matter no matter when it is that it's happening you know the big factors that move the playoff seedings it matters ultimately it matters just the same so let's see here a lot of comments about the situation on sunday night football there's an ambulance on the field hopefully everything's okay but it does suck to see that that's the bad side of football let's see here um uh, and by the way let me say something Chargers, uh, excuse me, 49ers losing to the Browns. And by the way, shout out Amari Cooper, who had 108 yards in that game out of the 192 passing yards that P.J. Walker had. Made a fantastic circus catch on the sideline, which was huge. Drew a penalty late in the game, too, for your first down. So Amari Cooper was out there doing the work for the Cowboys. Shout out to him. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of a bittersweet development because on one hand, you appreciate that it's going on. And then on the on the other hand, you're like, should be a cowboy. That guy should be a cowboy. And yep, happened years ago. But don't let that distract you from the fact that it is still one of the worst decisions that the organization has made in Dallas. But what I wanted to say is, this doesn't mean that the Niners suck or that the Eagles suck. But it is kind of sweet to maybe have that perspective of seeing, you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen and wins are never guaranteed and the Cowboys have a shot. Just based on that, they have a shot at even still winning the NFC East, especially when you get two games against the Philadelphia Eagles. But you got to win this game, man. You got to win Monday night football and some of those mistakes, especially with the Cardinals game, You've already paid for, so cannot have a lot more of those. Apparently, it's Damian Harris. And, man, that's tough. Hopefully, he's okay. Damian Harris, former Patriot, current Buffalo Bill. Hopefully, he's okay, man. That sucks. Julian Webb says, Cowboys lost to Joshua Dobbs. NFL, anything can happen. That is true. That is true. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. And as always, share the stream and I'll see you not tomorrow night, but Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central. Tomorrow you get Jesse Holly and Skywalker Steel on game day shows. And it's going to be fun. Hopefully we talk about a Cowboys win on Tuesday. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll see you Tuesday. Bye-bye.